welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, and welcome to episode 249 of the podcast. It's Jessica, and I'm coming to you live from my car. (laughs) It's summer, and there is not a moment's peace in my house. And so sometimes I have to resort to putting on a show and sitting in the car to talk to you. And so that's where we are today. So if this episode is a little shorter than normal, it's because I'm getting a little sweaty in the car. That's that's why. I hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July. I hope you enjoyed Rachel Beakley's episode about her quadruplets and her military experience. I loved getting to know her, and I especially loved her accent. Wasn't that such a treat? I thought it was awesome. So today is episode 249 of the podcast. I can hardly believe we've done that many. But today I'm going to talk to you, just you and me, and a couple thousand people. (laughs) We're going to talk about my military experience. Some of you, if you've been listening for a while, may know that I am a military spouse, but I don't talk about it that much aside from just what I just shared. Um, So today I want to go into a little bit more depth about how we ended up being a military family, what the experience has been like for us, and most importantly, what I've learned through this experience, because it is kind of a unique one. And I know that prior to joining the military, I knew very little about this community, about this world, and now being a part of it for the last several years, it has really opened my eyes and expanded my mind to what military families really experience. And so whether you're a military family and you are nodding along with me about these things that maybe you have experienced as well, or you're not, and you are excited to hear more about the ins and outs of what it feels like to be in the military, this episode is for you. So a little background on my family. My husband Pete and I have been married for almost 11 and a half years. And to be honest, I never pictured us becoming a military family. Straight out of high school, he had thought that he was maybe going to enlist or join the military in some capacity. But because of his aspirations and his plans in the immediate future, they recommended that he go through college do the things that he wanted to do up front, and then eventually he could come back in as an officer if that was still part of his plan. Now, I should have known, I should have known when he was watching the TV show JAG in high school. Remember that show about the military lawyers? Yeah, I should have known that interest maybe was a little bit foretelling of our future. But, you know, you can like a TV show and not actually perform that job later on. Anyway, He did like the TV show Jag, and he did have some plans of becoming a lawyer down the road. Um, But all that to say, it was not set in stone that we were going to join the military after law school. So he completed his undergrad. We went to University of Michigan for law school, which was the best experience. We love it. Go blue to anybody from Michigan that's listening. We loved it there. We loved our time. And we're both from San Diego, my husband and I. And when he got a job offer at a great law firm back in San Diego following law school, we thought, this is it. Or at least I thought, this is my dream come true. We're headed back near family. We were so excited. And we moved back. He took the bar in California and passed. He started his new job at the law firm. And about after a year, he came to me and said, 
I can't do this forever. This is not the lifestyle we want. We were never seeing him. He was never home. He was really stressed out. The climate was just not what he wanted long term. And for some people, it's a better fit than others. And for him, he just didn't see that forever. Ultimately, his long-term goal was to become a U.S. attorney, which is a federal prosecutor. Um, but for that type of job, you need many years of experience. And he knew that he just didn't want to spend the next six years of his life slaving away at this law firm that was not fulfilling to him. And he still had that inkling to join the military. And so to be honest, when you do not join the Navy or any military branch right out of college or right out of law school, it is very, very competitive. And so when he said, you know what, I think we need to try something different. And I think the path is serving in the military. I still really feel compelled to serve. And this would be a great way to get the experience I need to get my dream job in the end. And because it was so competitive to come from not law school straight into the military, I thought, well, we can give it a shot. You can apply and we'll just see what happens. Well, he ended up being accepted and offered a job by both the Air Force and the Navy. And, you know, when push came to shove and he was really, really excited about it and hopeful about what this could mean for our family and we were looking at the different locations we could live and the different uniforms and everything we ultimately signed a four-year commitment with the navy so that was the day before christmas <laughs> back in oh when was that then 2014 and i remember being really really sad and um i knew it was going to most likely mean a move from san diego um, a move away from the life that we had built. We had two young kids at the time and I knew we were likely to be moving away from family and the friends we had established there. And we were hoping to buy a home. We pulled out of escrow and it was a really personally challenging time. And as excited as he was for this opportunity, it was a real hardship for me. And I doubted that this was the, even the right choice, but things were falling into place. And on Mother's Day, a few months later, back in May of 2000, well, I guess that was 2013. So 2014, Mother's Day, he left for five months of training. He went to Rhode Island for officer development school. And when you have already graduated from college or you're coming in as a JAG, you are automatically an officer once you go through officer development school. So it's kind of like an abbreviated boot camp. It's 10 weeks of that. And then in addition to that, there's Naval Justice School or NJS. And so he lived in, I mean, it was kind of like the barracks, but it was a little bit nicer than that. It felt more like a hotel on base in Rhode Island with the other JAGs. And he was trained there. And there I was on the other side of the country wondering, is this our life? I have two little kids. I'm solo parenting. My husband's away in the military. I mean, it's not quite like a deployment because, you know, he's not in harm's way per se. But still, that separation and solo parenting, it is a big transition. And I never foresaw that in our future. And so I really had to do a lot of soul searching to muster up the strength to do that every day. But when I saw him being so, so happy at this new job as he was getting training and as he was looking forward to the future in the military, it was such a stark contrast to his experience at his job before. I had to only believe that this was going to be a, a good thing in the end. But to be honest, that time was really, really challenging for me. 
Oh, and I guess I should tell you right before he left, you know, when you put in your preferences for where you're going to live, you basically list out your top 10 stations of where you would like to go. Now, if you're not in the military, you may not know this, um, but you might think like, oh, how fun, like a wish list of places to live and all these fun places. Well, they don't actually really care what you have to say in the military. Yes, they will take into consideration if there's an opening in one of the spots or, you know, if you have a spouse living somewhere or, you know, things like that. But most of the time they just put you where they need you. And so they called Pete um, about probably a month before he left and they said, okay, so we have, you know, some two options for you. And we thought, wow, two options. That's really nice that you're giving us this choice. And they said, Japan or Norfolk, Virginia. And they may have well have said the moon because it both felt so far. And so he called me and, and he told me what they had said. And they said, okay, here's this. And all I remember is like being silent. And he's like, are you still there? I'm like, yes, but I just feel like I can't unhear what I just heard. <laughs> and if some of you are going through challenges, you might think I'm being a super big whiner, but this was just my own personal hard, hard time. And so ultimately we decided to go with Norfolk, Virginia. Um, it was the largest base in the, the continental U.S., so we knew we'd have lots of opportunities to be a part of the community. He would have a lot of diverse experience there. And moving abroad and entering the military, those two together for the very first tour seemed just too overwhelming and just too beyond what I could handle. So I'm like, we are not moving to Japan. We cannot do that right now. And Norfolk it is. And that still meant moving two plane flights away from family and um, it was, it was challenging. So after five months, we did move to Norfolk. We lived in a great little area called Chesapeake. Um, we had a great little townhouse that we just loved. We instantly made, um, some great friends in the community. And one of our very most favorite things was meeting all of his coworkers because it's the largest base, um, in the U S there was just an abundance of people who, were eager and young and vibrant, just like us. And all of his coworkers, we would invite them over on Sunday nights for dinner. And, you know, we didn't have quite the same lifestyles. They did. Many of them were not married, didn't have kids. And so we knew that if we wanted to socialize with them, it kind of had to be on our terms and on our turf. And so we do five o'clock dinner on Sunday. And, you know, that was probably the earliest they'd eaten since they were, you know, five years old as well. <laughs> But they loved it and they would, I would make the main dish and they would come over and, you know, bring a pack of Oreos or bring Tostitos and cheese dip or whatever. And they would do Nerf gun fights with my boys and they were there when I had Jackson and it was just, they weren't in the room. They weren't in the room when I had Jackson. <laughs> let's be, let's be clear here. But they supported us through that time and these friends came to feel like family and it was a really, really cool time. It felt very far away. It was still very, very hard. And I would say the first six months, I still was really resentful that this was our new normal and this is our new life. But once I decided to have a better attitude about it and embrace this chapter, 
I learned so much. I grew so much and I'm so, so grateful for the opportunity. So I just want to tell you a few things that I learned as being a military spouse. Um, and it's not just things that you would experience if you're in the military, but just for really any anything where you're envisioning a new normal, where you're going down a path you didn't expect it, um, when life feels different than you thought it would be. These are some, some lessons that I learned that maybe could translate to an experience that you've had as well. The first thing is that life rarely turns out like you think it is, but it can still be great. And as a caveat to that, I want to say that it has to be a choice that you think it can be great. When I was in a funk and thinking this is the worst and I don't want to be here and I was resentful about moving and everything, I was going to stay in that place as long as I decided to do so. Right, But the second I decided to look outside myself, to embrace my new surroundings, to experience what the East Coast had to offer, all of those different things, suddenly there was joy again. Imagine that, right? And so when you are facing something that you didn't expect, yes, you can grieve. Yes, you can be sad. But then you can also look for the good and it will be there. The second thing is there's a big wide world out there. And sometimes you have to meet Or impact someone who may never have come across your path. And you may have to move in order to meet that person. And for me, there are some lifelong friendships that I will have that came from being in the military. And same for my husband. Some really special, special relationships that we just really treasure that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And so I just am so grateful that we were able to be given the opportunity to move there for two years. And now after two years, we moved back to now Camarillo where he's stationed and we've met some great people here as well. And we've had some really unique opportunities to serve and befriend people here that I really feel like we were meant for our paths to cross. And we wouldn't have had the opportunity otherwise if we had just stayed in our bubble or stayed in a safe place of comfort and security. The third thing is when one person is in the military, the whole family's in the military. Everybody sacrifices. While my husband is the only one that is active duty military, our whole family has had to serve and make sacrifices in order to support him in this job. I have seen so many families up close and personal with deployments and with losses and with struggles that come from being in the military. But for the most part, these are people that are ready and willing to serve their country and to answer that higher calling. And it is the most incredible group of people, the way that they buck up and support each other and rally around each other when the husband is gone or when, you know, something happens and the unexpected, you know, they have to deal with the unexpected. It is so, so cool to see that in action. Number four, everybody plays a part. When I asked my husband, what have you learned by being in the military? One of the things that he said is that everybody plays an important role in the bigger goal. So while he is a JAG and he would likely never be in a combat situation, His role as an attorney supports the bigger picture of supporting fellow soldiers and sailors, supporting people that are going to actually do the hard, dangerous work. Um, He also supports the families. He, not personally, but JAGs also support the missions as they are executed um, abroad and on our 
uh, terrain as well. And so everyone plays a role. And I think that is so important to realize being a supportive role is just as important important as being in a high visibility role. And that's true in our families. It's true in our communities. It's true in our churches. Never underestimate how big of an impact you can make as a supporter. The fifth thing is, and this is kind of a quote that I heard from Georgia Anderson of Know How Mom Tips. She said something to the effect of, your kids will handle things just about as well as you do. And she was talking about it in terms of I think a divorce capacity, but I think the same is true of military life and moving around. Being a military family, it really requires you to go above and beyond to sacrifice stability, security, finances, um, a lot of things that kids kind of crave. And when I was in my funk, I was not modeling joy, happiness, contentment, Um, any of those things for my kids. And it was impossible for them to react and respond any better than I was. And so as I have tried, especially in this last move, as I have really tried to set a good example for being excited for the move, for being excited for meeting new people, for making an impact on the people around us, supporting their dad in the military and, and in that role and being a part of this military community, It is so important to model that for our kids. And when we can handle those hard times well, they are much more likely to handle those hard times as well. The next thing is when people say, I could never do that. Oh, I could just never have a spouse in the military. Oh, I could never have my husband gone for five months or nine months or 15 months. I could never do that. I've learned that that is a lie (laughs) because I once thought... I could never do it either. And so whether it's you could never be a military spouse or I could never get through losing a child or I could never get through a divorce or I could never handle fill in the blank, right? You do what you have to do. And you can usually do it a lot better than you ever thought you could. And it's actually really cool to realize how strong and capable you are when given the opportunity to rise up. And so... If you ever feel like you're in a situation where you're about to utter the words, I could never do that, just hold it in. Just keep it in because it's not going to help. It's really not. If you want to give credit to somebody, I know you're probably trying to be nice. Like, wow, you're so much stronger than I am or more capable than I am. You're trying to be nice. I hear you. But saying I could never do that is not super helpful. You can say it really inspires me how patient you are while solo parenting. It's really amazing how you still continue to make dinner even though your husband isn't home. It amazes me how confidently you're able to move and make friends again. You know, pay those types of compliments. That really is edifying. But simply saying, I could never do that, it's not true. Because if put in my situation, you could do exactly what I'm doing. You'd probably do it in your own way, but you would do a great job too, right? We all are capable of whatever it is that comes into our life, we are equipped to handle those things. When we dig really deep and when we get on our knees, (laughs) we're capable of anything. And the very last thing that I learned is I am so proud to be an American. I remember before we joined the military, um, whenever, you know, we were at SeaWorld or sports games or whatever, and they would have the service members stand. I distinctly remember seeing Men and women who stood with their families at their sides, their kids, their spouses, 
And I remember always tearing up or at least getting goosebumps thinking, wow, they're incredible. Like what a sacrifice. What an incredible family. They must be so strong and awesome. And then when my husband joined the Navy, I'll never forget the first time he stood up and was recognized for serving in the military. Sorry. I felt so proud. And I felt proud of not only him, but I thought of those other families that I had seen before besides their service member. And I thought, are we those people? (laughs) Are we those people that are strong and committed and patriotic and willing to sacrifice? Are we... Is that us? And it is. We've moved several times. We have been separated for months at a time. We took an over 50% pay cut from his previous law job. We have gone through some hard things. That's not to say there aren't other military roles that are far more precarious and dangerous and require far more sacrifice than us. Um, But I don't think it's even necessary to compare each other's struggles. But at that moment, I was very proud of us as a family. I'm proud of my husband for feeling like he wanted to serve our country and then actually doing something about it. I'm proud of him for going through that process of being eligible to be a Navy JAG, for serving honorably, for doing whatever it was that needed to be done, whether it was writing wills for people, whether it was representing people in court, whether it was in this last role being a support person for victims of sexual assault. I mean, it has not been an easy road by any means. This is taxing work in a lot of ways. Um, but I feel really proud of him for serving. I'm so grateful. This has been part of our story. I'm grateful that our kids have a greater awareness for the military community and that we have been kind of forced. Well, yeah, absolutely forced to move around and to meet the people that we have and become aware and more compassionate towards the members of this community. I'm proud to be a military spouse. The good news is, the upside of all this is that he's getting out. (laughs) I haven't talked about this that much at all, so this might be news to some of you. So here's a little bit more detail in case I've kind of glossed over some of this um, in my story. So remember back in the beginning of this episode, I said his ultimate goal was to become a United States attorney. Um, His dream's coming true. Yay! Um... So what they don't tell you is that it's very hard to get out of the military, even if you just have a four-year commitment, which is usually what you sign up for in the beginning as an officer. Um, He was approaching that four-year mark, and he very miraculously and amazingly, and we're so grateful that he received a job offer as a U.S. attorney um, in a nearby office. And so for the next year, we'll be living where we are right this second. He'll be commuting into downtown for the first year, year and a half. And then after that, we'll move to the other side of Los Angeles um, to move to a closer to a branch office that he'll be working in. And we are just beyond excited that this 
was worth it. That the experience he had at the law firm, that the four years he spent in the military cumulatively added up to those six years that he needed. And now he is going to be living and working in his dream job, which we are just so grateful for. Um, But the thing about the military is you need to give them nine months notice. And who has a job nine months out? Would you believe that we did like almost nine months to the day we got the job offer? I can't even, it's, it's just a miracle. And so we submitted the paperwork nine months ago or more than nine months ago now and told them we were going to be separating for the military. And it has been very challenging as they have, there's been a lot of holdup with paperwork and everything. They delayed when he was going to be allowed to get out. It complicated when he's been able to start his new job, which is now in September. I mean, it's just been quite a waiting game and it's been really, really stressful. Um, but we are so grateful that now he is in the phase where he is now technically at the end of his tour and he has now accrued some leave, several weeks of leave. So he is home for the summer. Um, maybe I'll share about this another thing, but he's facing an injury right now that he's trying to recover from. And so in a way it is a really huge, huge blessing that he's able to be home because whether he needs surgery or further treatment, whatever it is, um, he'll, he'll be home and able to have that time to, to heal and recover. All that to say, come September, we will be out of the military. And while there are many reasons that I am very grateful to be done, sometimes it is very challenging to navigate, you know, the healthcare and, um, you know, different things like that. There have been a lot of provisions from the military that we've been very grateful for and have taught us a lot, like all the lessons that I mentioned. I will forever be a proud military spouse. Um, He will forever be a veteran. And we are truly, truly grateful for this great nation. At a time in our country where often we feel divided, uh, it seems like every day there's something that is causing an uproar and causing a division among how we think and how we vote and who we support and who we don't support. And the bashing just seems to abound. I feel really, really strongly that we need to remember that our nation is not perfect, but it is a free nation where we are so blessed to have the opportunity to even have a say, right? And as I see really strong advocates and activists supporting causes that are very, very important, There are so many countries that don't even have that right to speak up, to enact change, and we have that right. And so no matter how frustrated you are with the political climate right now, no matter where you fall on the spectrum politically, that is a great freedom that we have to even have a voice. And so I'm grateful for that, and I am proud to be a supporter of this great nation and of the military and for the brave men and women that serve selflessly for their families. And I'm just so grateful to be part of this community. So those are some of the things that I've learned from being a military spouse. I hope that gives you a little greater insight into both the military world and just into my life personally. Um, I get a lot of comments and questions about knowing more about 
our family and, and our journey and everything like that. So hopefully that just gives you a little bit of an insight into this aspect of our world. So thank you for listening. Next week, we have an episode with Debbie Reber coming on. Debbie is talking about children who are differently wired. She's going to talk about children with differences. We talk about her own experience and I think all of our kids are differently wired in some degree. They all have their own needs. And part of being a parent is identifying our kids' strengths and weaknesses and challenges and giftings and then supporting them in all of those things. And so I think this episode really applies to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. You can click on show notes and see pictures of me and my family over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com as well as listen to past episodes over there. Thanks for tuning into the show today, everybody, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.